Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. DraftKings is not only this hack's favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's, it's easy to navigate and has plenty of instructions for newbies and nearly limitless ways for you to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know because they've been texting me as such, and I know you will too. So listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 inside credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if your team comes home, you win $100 inside credits. Now, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds on promotions such as baseball, hockey, Major League Baseball, MMA, and plenty others. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on any basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Newcomers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to Game Over, part of the Hockey Podcast Network where we say game over to each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not. Episode number six as we are chugging right along, moving right down the line as we are slowly getting into the playoff realm, but my next team was a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, They are still until probably about the next two weeks, the current reigning and defending Western Conference champions. They have three Stanley Cup appearances to their name. Their first season was in 1993 after they were moved. They have one Stanley Cup to their name in 1999, and they're more than happy to tell you that. They have such retired numbers as Mike Madano, Bill, Master- Bill Masterton, and Bill Goldsworth. Checks notes. Retired numbers from Teams Minnesota days were carried over. Ha ha. How awkward. I'm talking about none other than the Dallas Stars. And I've got the What a Hockey podcast joining me. Jeffrey Fink. No relation to Jeremiah Fink from Bioshock Infinite. If you know, you know. Is it Jeffrey? Do I have that correct? Yeah, it's Jeffrey. Or you can just call me Fink. With a last name like that, people tend to gravitate (laughs) towards that. I, I don't want to call you Fink because that makes you sound like a 1920s radio villain. 
I am the dastardly Mr. Fink. <laughs> so, let's get right into this. I will ask you uh, what I've asked uh, every team. So, uh, what happened with the Dallas Stars this year that had so much hope and potential and elite goaltending that just didn't really go anywhere? Uh, I think a lot of it... Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Just has to do with so how unique of a season this was. Obviously, with COVID restrictions, with the insanely random winter ice storm that we experienced, those two events alone caused the Dallas Stars to miss two full weeks of time on the ice uh, as a team. And taking that into account with the fact that you didn't have some of your top players with Tyler Sagan uh, and Ben Bishop, uh, you know, all of that kind of rolled into one just made for an extremely difficult season for the franchise. Uh, I feel like they were skating uphill uh, the entire season. But yeah, I, I you know, it, there are some highlights. Obviously, the season did not end how we had hoped for here in the Dallas area. Uh, but there are definitely reasons to be excited. But yeah, overall, I think it was just extremely bad luck on the Dallas end. Um, and then cramming two weeks worth of games into the end of the season where you already had games planned. Uh, you know, if you go back and look at their schedule, they played more games in the last couple of months than any other team in the league. Uh, so yeah, I think it was just there was quite a few factors that went against them. Yeah, it just seemed like, you know, you we're just spinning your tires out of the gates. Like you said, you, we, you, you had the, uh, the COVID issues that came up and, um, Ben, uh, injured Bishop, which apparently seems to be his middle name now, unfortunately. So he, um, it, it just, it, it also seems like there were just maybe a little unrealistic high expectations with the stars this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you come off of being the Western Conference champions. You look at kind of the similar run that the Montreal Canadiens are having right now, which is awkward considering the fact that both franchises had Corey Perry, uh, which we won't touch on because no one wants to hear about him more than they have to right now. But mm. the Stars really had high expectations going into the season. Uh, but again, you know, even more so, you look even deeper into the injuries. Uh, another guy that they lost, Alexander Radulov, who was easily their most potent offensive weapon when he was on the ice, uh, went on the IR halfway through the season, came back, and then was back right on the IR in a handful of games after that, um, which he was one of the guys who scored a, uh, a shootout goal that, that you know won a game for them. Uh, and obviously, with the record that the Stars had, you see how many overtime losses they have, and you really attribute that to them you know, not being able to squeeze out those last couple of points that they needed to get into the playoffs. But all things considered, with the injuries, with the team that they had, a lot of fans down here in Dallas were more grateful that we didn't make the playoffs uh, because it gave them more time to recover. And then, obviously, Nashville made a decent run in the first round. Uh, but playing against the Hurricanes, I think the, the Stars would have suffered the exact same fate if they were in the Predators' position. Interesting. Good stuff from down there deep in the heart of Texas. 
So now we are going to go into what I call Cthulhu Comes a Callin'. And we are going to talk about Seattle and whom gets left out on the corner for the Seattle Kraken from the Dallas Stars. Well, if you run down the list of the the roster right now, you do see a couple of restricted free agents. You see a couple of unrestricted free agents. Uh, A couple of names that we'll throw out there that... I think a lot of people won't be surprised if the uh, if the Kraken come uh, Kraken is obviously Anton Hudobin. Uh, first and foremost, you know you have to you have to build a franchise on solid goaltending, and I think the Vegas Golden Knights have shown that uh, you know true to form with Marc Andre Fleury. Uh, they're back in the conference finals once again. Uh, we will see if they're going to be able to squeeze it out and make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. But that being said. Hudobin had a pretty rough season, and I think it makes him quite a bit less attractive to the Kraken than possibly before. Um, Another name that we'll throw out there that is more likely is Jason Dickinson. Uh, He is an extremely uh, important role player. He's not flashy. He doesn't put up huge numbers. But from what we've heard here in the Dallas area, he's a great locker room guy. He's someone that is always reliable. He is rarely on the injured reserve list, which is ironic because we jokingly say there is a target on his forehead. The guy gets hit in the face more than anyone we've seen in the NHL, whether it be by pucks, sticks, elbows, shoulders, you name it. Um, And lastly, I think the one that would sting the team the most uh, would be Joe Pavelski. Uh, you've got another year on his contract, getting $7 million. He is an unrestricted free agent going into the next season after this one coming up. But obviously, you need that leadership if you're starting a new franchise. You, uh, An example right now, I know he didn't come in off the expansion draft, but Mark Stone, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, you need someone like that. And Joe Pavelski can absolutely serve as that maybe first-year first, uh, first year captain or first-year alternate captain. But those are the top three names that I think Seattle's going to come calling for, and it would not surprise me. I think everyone around the DFW area and the Dallas fan base is expecting Jason Dickinson. But again, you know, it's the NHL. Anything can happen. So only time will tell. And hopefully, uh, from a Dallas standpoint, Dickinson is the one to go. We love him here. I think he's a fantastic franchise player. But uh, I think... Pavelski and Hudobin can be more valuable to the team than Dickinson moving forward. Well, the popular um, opinion around the draft is you start with the goalie and you build out from there. So that's a very valid case. And me being a very salty Yinzer, yes, I remember Marc-Andre Fleury (laughs) being taken. Um, They probably begged Jari or DeSmith to be taken right now. But um, I, I, I think the, 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 in my opinion, the two things that, that harm the two ones that you said, Pavelski and Kudobin, those are some cap hits, especially Pavelski at 7 mil, Kudobin at 3, and I've, I've heard the Seattle owner you know, really wants to tighten the purse strings the first year because he knows he doesn't want to take on a lot of lopsided contracts, but you're right. The, right. This is the, um, the expansion draft. Anything could happen. They could, they could look at it and go, Ooh, a goalie. Yoink. Much like yard sales. I agree. And it's funny you say that, too. I'm looking at Dickinson's contract. He is only a $1.5 million uh, cap hit, and he's a restricted free agent after the next season. So it's an attractive player to take for, for multiple reasons. 
Pistons, but most importantly, to to kind of talk on the the point that you were just saying, you know, cap wise, he's definitely a guy that can come in and not take a lot of money. So, and speaking of goaltending and not taking a big cap hit, that's why I think Seattle, you know, to to kind of steer away from the stars for just a moment, would look at a guy like Chris Dreiger out of Florida who is going to be a free agent, who is only making $850,000, I believe, on his contract. So it wouldn't surprise me if they took like a one-two of Hudobin and Dreiger, um, because honestly, I think that's a fantastic one-two, A-B. So we'll see what happens, but, you know, you obviously, as an expansion team, want to have some control of your players moving forward. Um, Out of the three that we've talked about, Hudobin does have the longest tenured contract, even at the $3.3 million. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but Odds-on favorite here in Dallas seem to be leaning towards Jason Dickinson at the moment. Excellent stuff. So we're going to take a look at the regular draft now. Um, according to the unofficial Game Over rankings, uh, you guys finished 13th. Um, that might be kind of around the area you are for the regular draft. I gave up trying to give up, trying to figure out the draft order. Um, so... What What is Dallas going to be looking for? More of a forward core? Add to that because I see a good bit of expirings coming off the books. There are a lot of expirings coming off the books as far as those younger guys um, are concerned. It'll be really interesting because obviously they took uh, Thomas Harley, who has played phenomenally so far. Uh, he was already in the AHL at the end of last season, uh, spent um, – a lot of time with the Texas Stars. And so, you know, a lot of uh, rumblings here in Dallas are saying that he's going to be pulled up as your new young defensive guy um, with guys like Pissick probably coming off your uh, off your, your cap list. But uh, it would be interesting. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, Maverick Bjork was the pick last year. Thomas Harley was two years ago. Uh, that being said, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they will probably go with this, another center. I mean, uh, you know, Maverick plays center, I, I believe. And... You know, Maverick, another young kid already with uh, the Texas Stars at the end of last season, uh, getting him some higher up experience, which will be interesting to see how that team shakes out next year. Uh, That being said, it would not surprise me in the slightest to see probably a a left right wing uh, centerman type um, just to kind of build on that. Because surprisingly, for a team that struggled so mightily defensively, uh, probably five to eight years in that time period ago, they're extremely strong defensively, which is insane for us in Dallas to say. Uh, but, you know, that's one of their strong points as a franchise. But we'll have to wait and see. Something that I'm really interested in is to see, even if they pick anyone at 14, if you look at the way that Hudobin played last season and you look at the fact that Ben Bishop and Jake Ottinger are truly going to be, in my opinion, your A and B moving forward with Ottinger likely taking the realm within the next year or two, uh, it, it leaves Hudobin as the odd man out. And when you package Hudobin with that 14th overall pick, it'll be really interesting to see if you can kind of dangle that in front of someone like maybe the Buffalo Sabres with Jack Eichel likely being traded or someone up in the North Division. Anything like that would be really interesting to see. But that's kind of my quote-unquote hot take that I have, have kind of been mumbling in my head for the last couple of weeks is a, a trade package with that 14th overall pick and Anton Hudobin for, uh, you know, a a top three line forward or centerman. Yeah. I kind of forgot to ask that as we get to more of these, um, middle of the pack, uh, draft teams, is it more of an option just to trade out of the first round with this being a really weak draft? And that's what I'm, I'm hearing from you. And that's not a bad idea because it seems like the Jack Eichel sweepstakes are going to be a thing 
throughout the summer. By the way, love these prospect names. Thomas Harley, being a DC guy, all I'm hearing is, Harley, what are you doing? Why are you not playing defense, Harley? If you know, you know. And good on you for knowing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited to have Maverick Bjork on the team. Uh, it writes itself. Start. It, it, I, literally, it's one of the only times I've ever thought it would be really great if he just put his first name on the back of that jersey and just had stars on the front, Maverick on the back. I mean, the, the Dallas Stars in-game uh, people are extremely talented. They're great on finding like the, the pop culture references and putting those through the game. So it's going to be really exciting if Maverick ever makes it up to the NHL with the Dallas Stars because I feel like we're going to get a lot of Top Gun references left and right. So, If the movie is not referenced, somebody needs to be fired. If okay. if that if that's the case, and and for all those listening to this who don't know, the as um, as Jeff said, yes, the stars in game presentation is fantastic, borderline troll level. It is really oh, good stuff. So let us move on to October as we take a look ahead to next season. Why should the Dallas fan base be optimistic? Give them reasons to be optimistic heading into next season. Um, well, first and foremost, two things. Uh, one, Ben Bishop. Two, Tyler Sagan. Uh, they're going to be 100% healthy by this time. That's a big reason why they shut Ben Bishop down, didn't bring him back like they talked they were, like talked about they were going to do, uh, much like with Tyler Sagan. Uh, Sagan was not 100% when he came back. He still had to do some rehabbing. He still got a little bit of t- you know recovery time. Um uh, Alexander Radulov is going to be back. You're going to have, essentially, again, the same team that took you to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, healthy. And even in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Stars were not healthy. Another name, Rupe Hintz. Rupe Hintz played injured all season. He had off-season surgery. He's going to be ready in time for training camp. And then you have the young names, like the Maverick Bjorks, like the Thomas Harleys, uh, we had in Texas the rookie of the year for the AHL, Riley Diamani. He's knocking at the door. And then not to mention Jim Nill is an off-season acquisition kind of guy. It's been very rare that he's made big moves outside of Matt Zuccarello. Uh, so you see what he did bringing in guys like Corey Perry, Joe Pavelski, just a couple of off-seasons ago. Look for them to make another splash. Maybe not as big as some people might think outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but look for Jim Neal, like I said, to dangle those names like uh, like Hudobin um, in front of someone along with a draft pick. So I see them hopefully making a move to improve scoring. Uh, and once again, the fan base is just going to have a ton of reasons to be excited in October. So I think those all put together. Um, and then, like I said, overall that, they're healthy. And that's the biggest reason to be excited in October. Obviously, and just when a team when a team is healthy, especially as good as yours is, um, the optimism will be very high, and the possibility of moving back to um, a more traditional central as well. But right. let's turn that around. Let's pivot, as Ross on Friends once said. <laughs> Reasons to be depressed heading into next October or this October. Ooh, uh, reasons to be depressed. I mean, you are going to lose a couple of guys. Uh, this fan base gets extremely close to their players 
extremely fast. So, you know, the possibility of losing Hudobin, uh, the possibility of losing guys like, uh, well, Sekera, he signed on for a little bit longer, but uh, Pissick, uh <laughs> get depressed that you're about to sign, you're about to spend a lot of money on a very, very young defenseman in Miro Heiskanen. And not that that's a bad thing, but that is going to stress your cap. Uh, be depressed that the cap is not bumping up because of the pandemic. Uh, the team could definitely use a little bit more cap space, as I'm sure every NHL franchise could. Looking at you Islanders in Tampa Bay, because you're both about to start playing in your uh, conference finals, yet you're both over the salary cap. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, outside of the fact that we are close to the salary cap, I think the biggest <laughs> depressing thing would be Ben Bishop is coming back, and he has a no-match, no-trade clause. Ben Bishop is, was, and always will be a healthy liability. And so the fact that you've got him wrapped up for another couple of seasons until 23-24, to me, is a bit scary. Now, I hope I eat my words, and I hope he stays healthy the entire season, but it does scare me, and it is a little bit depressing that your best goalie on your roster right now is likely going to be your biggest injury uh, liability going forward for the next couple of seasons. But outside of that, I, not too depressing right now. Looking pretty good for us. Well, sometimes, you know, t- you know, I, I've, I've interviewed the Sabre, Sabres and the Devils, and there's a lot to be depressed about with those. Sometimes the teams, you I don't get that. that. But either way, to the Dallas Stars, we say... I will never get tired of hearing that sound bite. So, Jeff, thank you very much for join, for joining me on Game Over. If you want a more detailed version of what we've said, please check out said podcast. And speaking of which, I'm going to give you a few minutes to uh, pimp your podcast or whatever project you're working on. So, Jeff, the board is thine. Well, first and foremost, Richard, thank you so much for giving me the time to come on here and talk about my uh, my home team. Obviously, not uh, in the in the light that we would have liked to talk about, but yeah, check us out at Wada Hockey. Uh, we have a podcast. We release new episodes every Thursday on the Hockey Podcast Network as well, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we've had some fantastic guests, uh, much as like. A couple of the guys from the ECHL affiliate of the Minnesota Wild, the Allen Americans, who uh, just advanced to the Western Conference Finals of the Kelly Cup playoffs uh, this past weekend, which is huge. Uh, We've had Vern Fiddler. uh, We've had a couple of guys from the Texas Stars. So check us out um, on social media, at Wada Hockey on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, If you want to chat more exclusively with me, it's at LacesOutFinkel on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, like the Ace Ventura movie, my last name is Fink. I just roll with it. Uh, But yeah, again, Richard, thank you so much for the time and i look forward to chatting with you more in the future you're very you're very welcome and good luck to you down there in texas we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back as we head to florida man did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team if you love hockey and you love music you're gonna love bar down breakdown a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was, a, for a few seconds, the thought of, like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys, and 
And he's like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. And we're back here on Game Over. I promised all of you Florida man, and you're going to get him. Well, mostly. We head all the way due east from where we previously were, and we're heading to, checks notes, Sunrise, Florida. This team was founded in 1993. Uh, They have won Stanley Cup Finals visit to their name. Uh, They have such names in the rafters as Bill Torrey, Wayne Huizenga, I probably said that wrong. And Florida Panthers legend, Roberto Luongo. I am talking about none other than the Florida Panthers. And joining me is the Florida... I'm going to get this wrong. The Florida Panthers podcast? Florida Hockey Podcast? Florida Hockey Podcast, yeah. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Thank you very much for coming on Game Over. So... I am going to ask you the same thing I ask every team. What happened, as the kids say? You know, what what happened with the Florida Panthers to where it looked like they had such promise heading into the playoffs only to get kicked in the mouth? Yeah, I mean, from, from the start of the season to the playoffs, like the expectations just kind of kept growing all season. Uh, and then you run into a Tampa Bay team who – you know, they played a bunch this year and played relatively well against them. Uh, but then Tampa Bay adds, you know, Nikita Kucherov off IR, $18 million over the cap. And I just don't think the Panthers had enough. And then us not even talking about the goaltending, which was excellent for, for Tampa Bay and not very good for the Panthers, except for a brief two games from Spencer Knight. So... I think that's that's what went wrong there. Just ran into a slightly better team. I think the term is uh, running into a buzzsaw. And I know yeah. we, we – I'm going to hear more about this with, with Tampa when I get to uh, the Hurricanes, when I eventually get to them. But technically what they did wasn't they, – they technically didn't do anything wrong. It, it's in the CBA, so it's perfectly legal. I ain't saying it's right. I'm saying I, I understand. And unfortunately, you guys were the, the first victims of the, of the uh, current reigning and defending Stanley Cup champions. Now, I do have to admit, um, it was really fun watching the first couple game series down there in Florida because you could really feel the energy down there in the checks notes. BBT Center, and it just really felt like like playoff hockey was back with a loaded house of people just just going nuts all that massive humanity yeah like just just to have fans in the building after so long and to have the building be that full was awesome and then i just think because florida gets ripped on quite a bit for their lack of attendance and not being a traditional hockey market uh but i think what you know that brief kind of playoff appearance showed was that there very much is you know good hockey fans and a lot of hockey fans in Florida 
and when the team is good and there's excitement around the team, they're loud, they're passionate. And so that was, that was one of our favorite things from, from watching uh, that series. Definitely. I, I was hoping for a full seven-game series. The more games back there, the better. So let's get on to Cthulhu Comes a Callin'. So whom do you think is going to get left out on the curb for Seattle from the Florida Panthers? Yeah, I think, well, the good news is I don't think the Panthers could do much worse than they did with the Vegas expansion draft, giving up Marcia Show and uh, Riley Smith. So it would be, I can't imagine they do any worse than that. Uh, and I'd ima- I think the big question comes down to if Keith Yandel waves his no-move clause or not, which he didn't for the Vegas draft. But now he was kind of on the outs for, you know, he played all season, but he was, you know, slated to be a scratch game one. He got scratched in the playoffs and just isn't the same player he was. Now with his no-move, they are required to protect him, which would kind of complicate how they would approach it. Uh, if he does waive that, that would be huge. But my guess is the Panthers go with the seven forwards, three D, one goalie option, and it's probably someone like Frank Vitrano or Noel Achari or uh, Gustav Forsling who ends up uh, being selected by Seattle, who I think are all would be great players for them. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you you see Marsha show go or Marshy as I've heard so many times, and um, you know it, it's it's like watching your ex girlfriend go off and get married, and you got to see their pictures on Facebook all the time. It just it just constantly reminds yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but um, exactly like that. yeah, yeah, but um, you know, it, there's there seems to be a lot of promise there in Florida, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so, according to my unofficial uh, game over rankings, uh, you guys are twentieth. I don't think that's necessarily your draft position, but um, since this is a weak draft and you guys are kind of in the middle of the pack, what do you think the Panthers are going to go for, or do they just trade out of the first round? Yeah, we're, we're actually we we're just talking about the draft. We were recording a podcast earlier, and it is it is a weaker draft, and I think if there was ever a draft for a team that's in the mid to late first round to just go out and draft by positional need, I think this would be the draft because it's so up in the air. Uh, and looking at the Panthers prospects and their prospect pool, the, the number one need has to be a defenseman and looking at rankings for that first round, there's some really good defensemen at the top that aren't going to be there at 20 or 20, whatever it is. Uh, and then there's kind of a second group of defensemen. And we kind of looked at, we thought, thought Daniil Chaik would be the, the best fit for the Panthers. He's six foot two. He's a big defenseman. He's played in OHL, KHL. So we, we liked him as an option. But then there's also the possibility of just trading out of the first round and maybe even trading out of the first round to manage the expansion draft, either move away a contract or something of that nature in order to protect guys that they they want to protect. Sounds like a lot of uh, juggling. Like, you know, you guys are just trying to steer the ship through both drafts. And that's rather rather interesting. I think you're one of the first teams I've had that's that's going to do that. 
Um, cause I, I, I have your roster pulled up on here. Thank you. Cap friendly. Ding, ding. And, yeah. um, it's just, it's just loaded up with a bunch of like, um, you guys have a lot of expirings coming up and, you know, you're, you're probably going to get Ekblad back, which felt ex- really bad for him when he got injured. And, um, you know, maybe beefing up on the defense, w- even if you guys go back to the traditional Atlantic, you're probably going to need it with that division on the back end. Yeah, I think uh, like absolutely the defense needs to be better. And it was a lot better this year than it was the last few years, which was which was good. Uh, and a lot of new guys they brought in. Uh, the, the two guys for me are Strawman and Yandel, who take up big cap hits and are not very effective in those roles. And so finding a way to get rid of one or both of those guys, whether that's a trade or expansion, I think should be one of the big priorities just to allow for flexibility to design the roster that Elzito wants to do. All righty then. So let's take a look at October. Let's look ahead. And why should the Florida Panthers faithful and all of you listening to this podcast, you know who you are. Why should they be optimistic heading into October? Uh, I think you know, the number one reason for optimism is that you have some really good players on really good contracts, and that's very important in the NHL as we see today. You know, players are getting bigger and bigger contracts, uh, but a lot of those guys that have gotten those big deals aren't playing right now. They're all they're all at home golfing. <laughs> so for the Panthers to have guys like Huberto and Barrow on very cheap deals, Carter Verhage on a cheap deal, I think. That's exciting because it creates possibilities for what you can mold this roster into. And then I think the other two reasons for optimism would be uh, Antoine Wendell, uh, their first rounder from last year, who's slated to come over for for training camp. And then the other one has to be Spencer Knight, who was very impressive at the end of their, uh, won them a game in the playoffs. And maybe he, he looks like he should be their starting goalie next season. I think a lot of people are excited for that and looking forward to seeing it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys, from what I could tell by your roster, you have uh, quite a bit of goalies. And um, uh, me being um, a fan of the American Hockey League, I've watched the Springfield Thunderbirds, this club's previous farm club for the past couple years, and I've seen those names, Drager, Monty. I wish I could have seen Spencer Knight this year, but I didn't. And um, you guys have always had goalies in the pipeline. It's just <laughs> you kind of got one really big one sitting on the bench right now. And um, so let's pivot, as Ross on Friends once said. Reasons to be depressed heading into October. Um, I think the number one thing would be if, if the Tampa Bay Lightning repeated, I think that would be pretty sad for Panthers fans to watch, you know, your state rival, which the rivalry between the two teams really intensified this year. Like you felt it not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season, because it's so rare that both teams have been good at the same time. And so I think watching them, that would be depressing for Panthers fans. And then I think uh, the other would be losing a, a fan favorite player to expansion or getting moved away. Like as much as, you know, like I mentioned Keith Yandel earlier and he's, not been very effective the last couple of seasons. He's still, you know, a fan favorite player. He's still well liked in the locker room. 
Um, so I think seeing him somewhere else, even though, you know, I think most people know he's not very effective anymore, I think would still be kind of a depressing thing to see. And same thing for Vetrano or Achari or one of those types of players that have been here a while. Well, uh, <laughs> um, I can definitely say, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a filthy, dirty Yinzer, so I can relate when with, uh, with Pittsburgh and Philly when they're at the same level playing each other. Um, I never, ever, ever want to see the Flyers win a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. And we hope that with the at the time of this recording, uh, the Lightning are down one nothing in the series. So cheers. So to the Florida Panthers and Florida Man, it was fun while it lasted. It was a roller coaster, but in the end, just like everyone else, we say game over. And I'm gonna keep using that sound bite until I am done with this series. So Justin, thank you very much for coming on and repping the Florida Panthers. Before you go. Uh, we, I will give you a minute or two to uh, promote uh, a, a, your podcast, any other project you're working on. So, my man, the board is thine. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, our podcast is the Florida Hockey Podcast, uh, which we put out two episodes a week on Monday and Thursday, uh, talking a lot about the Panthers, but other stuff from around the league, playoff matchups, expansion draft all that kind of stuff. So for any just general hockey fans, great, great show to tune in. We get some, some pretty cool guests on too. So, uh, a lot of, if you could all check that out too. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. That's some really good stuff out of the state of, well, state of Florida. So thank you very much for coming on and that'll do it for this edition of game over next time. We will say goodbye to my team. Oh Yes. We're going up I-95. We're going to the city of gold. Well, mustard, but gold nonetheless. Why am I going to this team? Because it's my stupid podcast series. That's why. Everyone, enjoy your week. We'll catch you next time. That's the end of the game. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.